Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello. This time I return after a lengthy absence to discover that those closest to me have moved on with their lives and I have an unexpected five-year-old son. Meanwhile, Danny is planning to use a special rock stolen from my secret hideout to create a new continent next to North America, making him a wealthy landowner but drowning billions in global Uh, tidal waves. You know, easy come, easy go. (laughs) What? Hang on a second, that's absolutely wrong. Um, I've I've lost my uh, mojo a little bit, having been away. This is, in fact, a podcast in which we would just sit about and talk about films. It's called Film Chat. I'm Sam Foster, and this is my evil, bold friend, (laughs) Danny Moran. Hello. I I failed to explain that that was the plot of Superman Returns. Uh, we all got it. We all got it. Yeah. On this episode of Film Chat, Keanu Reeves is a force to be reckoned with when bad guys cross him in John Wick, while I am a force to be majeured when I review Force Majeure. We wonder if the Force has awakened when we discuss Star Wars The Force Awakens, and Christian Guru Murphy forces Iron Man to talk about his dark past. Plus a six-hour live reading of all the texts I've ever sent my mum, which Katie has sworn to me will make the podcast. It's going to be a killer. So we haven't received any formal letters, but Ben Thomas posted a video to our Facebook page. Have you watched that, Danny? I have watched that. What did you What did you think of it? I thought it was quite sweet. It was a little uh, school production of Scarface with little kids. Yeah. Uh, it was basically sort of Bugsy Malone if Bugsy Malone was just uh, based on a real film and they replaced <laughs> all the swearing with sort of uh, like yeah. little cute uh, substitution words. Yeah, exactly. Fuck became fudge. And I, I thought the, um, the the little kid is quite, actually giving quite a nuanced performance compared to Al Pacino in, in Scarface. I really think that is the like you can just see Pacino's talent just all like die in that movie. Yeah, that's the watershed moment <laughs> with Pacino just you know turning into someone doing an impression of Pacino. 
Yeah. But um, yeah, thanks for that, Ben. Thanks for that, Ben. That was fun. I'm going to like that. I'm just literally going to like that right now. Like it right now. Liked. You know when you got the notification saying it had been liked, Ben? That was just now. So we have had a bit more demand for, for another film chat outing. So we're thinking of doing the bowling trip that James Andrews suggested at Rowan's. Sam Casey is on board, another film chat listener. A stalwart. A stalwart listener. <laughs> stalwart. Um, and there's been a suggestion, Danny, that we do this on the 9th of May, the day before your birthday. What do you think of that idea? I think it's great. You think it's a good idea? Yes. Do you want to wake up on your birthday fresh, you know, excited with the memories of bowling? you know, buzzing around your I mind. can see of no better way to see out my 24th year in bowling with um, my huge fan base. Brilliant. So, listeners, consider this your <laughs> official invitation to bowling. We will be bowling at Rowan's. You will have to Google Rowan's Bowling. <laughs> we'll obviously make an event on Facebook as well. And please do join us on the 9th of May to bowl our socks off. Thank you very much. Also, this Sunday, I'm going to be seeing Avengers Age of Ultron. Danny might come, I don't know. <laughs> Could come if he wants. Um, and Katie's also more than welcome, as are you listeners. And I'll put that out on Facebook too. Brilliant. So, moving on. Moving on. Superhero films announced, casting rumours leaking out. M. Night Shyamalan's film is hated. Paul Thomas Anderson's is fated. Meryl Streep's Oscar tipped. Matt Damon's in a viral vid. Michael Bay's made a mint. That's the news that's fit to print. So, while you're away, Sam, the biggest news has ever happened in the world ever uh, happened. Star Wars The Force Awakens, the second trailer, came out. Wow. Yes, I know. Uh, have I've you seen it. it? Yeah, I've seen it. I'm sure everyone in the world has seen it multiple times, but let's just remind ourselves of a little, the magic moment in that trailer. Let's hear it. The Force is strong in my family. My father has it. I have it. My sister has it. What about Uncle Bob? Bob, Bob's got it. My uh, my great aunt has it as well. What about Lucy down the road? Lu- Lucy's got the force. I don't know, Chewie. I'm going as fast as I can. This traffic is terrible. Well, I want to speed up, Chewie, but there's really no way past the cars. Well, I would, Chewie, but the hyperdrive is malfunctioning. I'm really doing the best job that I possibly can under the circumstances, so would you cut me a little fucking slap, please? My second cousin, Jill, has it. My my former gym teacher has it. You have it. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Chewie, we're home. Brilliant. Brings, Brilliant. A, brings a turn in my eye. Yeah. What do you think of the trailer, Sam? Uh, uh, it's pretty good. Looks pretty exciting. Could be a good film. Harrison Ford is uh, he's he's in it, isn't he? He's back. <laughs> <laughs> um, sounds like um, what's his face? You know, Luke. Luke. He's <laughs> Mark Hamill. Yeah, he's back. Although he doesn't seem to have been given the script for the new film. He's only he's only been given the script for Return of the Jedi. Um, and we don't know how he looks in this film yet. I guess he hadn't finished working out by the time they shot that dialogue, so... True. Yeah. I had a, a problem with it. What, what problem do you have with it? Why wasn't Chewbacca, like, a bit grey? Right. Yeah, he's, he's old now. Yeah. I know, like, Wookiees, because he's in Revenge of the Sith, where he's kind of young. So, yeah. they must age differently. 
It's but like it, reverse he, dogs. When maybe. he was in Revenge of the Sith, did he have like fluffier hair? Was it, was it downier or no? Like some I mean, it probably youth? makes sense in the Star Wars mythology, but it is a bit weird because like Harrison Ford is just like become an old man, yeah, and, like, yeah, standing yeah. next to like identical Chewbacca. Well, I hope that there's a scene where you know they're, they're like an old couple, and he's like annoyed that Chewbacca is not showing any signs <laughs> of aging. You know, yeah. And he's like, I can't believe it. You look the you look the same. I'm saggy. <laughs> Yeah. I'm wrinkly. I'm wrinkly. I'm saggy. I can, I can barely get up in the mornings. <laughs> you know, seem like that. Shut the fuck up. Um, I hope it's like that. Yeah, or there'll be some throwaway line and they're like, of course, Wookiees lived to 10,000 years. So that's, <laughs> he's really still a child. <laughs> yeah, well, like, on top of the trailer, like, all this news about the characters sort of came out. So John Boyega's character is, like, the lead. Yeah. And, he's uh, a stormtrooper. Something happens. He gets he yeah, filled with regrets. Right? He's got to make a choice. And then Daisy Ridley's like this sort of badass, resourceful female character. Mm-hmm. And then Oscar Isaac is apparently the best freaking pilot in the galaxy. Yeah. It's a quote from Isaac. It's a bit like, what wasn't that the plot of the last three movies? <laughs> <laughs> like, and there's like a cute robot. That's well, like the same... like someone who's a really good pilot. Someone's a real like Someone a sort a, of like, sassy a, a woman. Sassy woman. Yeah. And then a sort of uh, naive do-gooding guy. Yeah. A bit, well, I'm a bit worried. A bit, a bit too much fan service. Not enough. Maybe, um, maybe that's how uh, JJ had to sell it to the studios. But you know, really, it's you know doing something new. I've no, I've no idea. I don't know. It looks kind of. It looks like stylish and everything. Could've... This is the best time to. And right now, it could be the best movie ever. It yeah. can only be disappointing in a way. Absolutely. Well, given the hysteria with which every new bit of information about it is received, you know, it probably can only be disappointing, but we will see. Did you watch any of the other trailers? There was like a ton of other trailers that came out. Oh, I watched the other trailers. Fantastic Four. We got to see uh, see them actually, you know, some of these limbs stretching a little bit. <laughs> the invisible woman going invisible. The thing being made of rock. <laughs> That's quite exciting. It's got the old guy who sells ribs in House of Cards, and now he's like a scientist. Or something. He's not going on about ribs anymore. <laughs> I really feel there's not really an appetite for that movie. Do you, do, you, do you still, like, having watched the trailer, do you still feel like the, the characters are too silly to carry the more yes. serious tone? Yes, very much so. Yeah. It's just man made of a giant orange rock. Yeah, a man made of a giant orange rock and a bunch of guys that look like they should be at school. Yeah. I don't know. How they have they worked how to go to other dimensions? Like, aren't they all 15 years old? I, I guess that's, you know... Ever since a social network, people just think geniuses are about 12 these days. That's true, The, the yeah. sort of cinematic the idea thing. of a genius is really young. That's yeah, why, like, yeah. Lex Luthor is now Jesse Eisenberg. <clears throat> yeah, why does every weird genius have to be, like, incredibly young? You're right, that is odd. It's just, just the age we live in. Did you watch the trailer for Batman v Superman? Oh, yeah. Did you like it? Do you think it's going to be good? I have no confidence in Zack Snyder <laughs> whatsoever. I think it really assumed I'd be more excited by the film... And the trailer was just like, this guy and also this guy yeah. is in this film. And I was like, so... Eh. I mean, the one the one positive thing I would say about it is that they're obviously playing with the idea of how the world would take someone with sort of godlike powers, you know, which is kind of interesting. But I did find it sort of comically dark, you know, like the sort of... <laughs> The kind of joke, you know, is uh, or the sort of stereotype is that every new comic book movie is sort of like a dark take on the originally bright comic. But this was like ridiculous. I could barely see what the hell was going on, you know? <laughs> like most of it was like blank screen, in fact. That's how dark it was. Like Superman's costume is like bright blue and red, isn't it? Yeah. But Zack Snyder looks like he really does not want... He wants it to be, you know, grey, essentially, yeah. if possible. So he's kind of hiding the fact that it's blue and red as much as he can. And uh, the other thing that I, th- that I thought about it is that 
you know, a lot of people made fun of the Christopher Nolan Batman movies for Christian Bale's Batman voice. Where are they? Where is she? Where am I? Rachel. Rachel. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah, it was all like that. Um, and this time he's got some kind of like... Voice mod- modulator. Yeah, he's got like a modulator. So he sounds like someone on Newsnight whose voice is having, you know... <laughs> Like, we had to disguise their voice. Also, in the Superman, one of like, the big sort of just accepted flaws in it is that Superman can disguise himself as Clark Kent just by putting on some glasses. Yeah. So, well, in Batman, even even better disguise. So, exactly. Yeah. But when you combine the two worlds, it's like, how, why does he have to go to such lengths to disguise himself <laughs> as Batman? But everyone just buys Superman as, like, <laughs> no, like that's like, a really good point. This is Clark Kent. Yeah, because uh, Bruce Wayne goes to much greater lengths <laughs> to disguise his identity than Superman does. Yeah, but... You think he meets Superman and be like, really? That's it? That's all he does? He puts glasses on? Maybe just the Gotham citizens are just much more shrewd than, than the, Metropolis. Yeah, the citizens of Metropolis. People in Gotham are like, that's clearly Clark Kent. You know and, what I want to uh, see? A lot of scenes of them on trains going to and from Gotham and Because <laughs> they have to... They have to. Because they live in different cities. Despite the, despite the fact that one of them can fly, one of them has no, like, this technology. I want to see them on the trains. Well, they have respect for the common people, you know? They're not snooty. They'll take public transport. It's true. Yeah, well, that's what happened. That's what was in the draft I submitted to Zack Snyder. I don't know if that's mm. going to make the final final film. Breaking news today, uh, Robert Downey Jr. left interview with Christian and Guru Murphy after being asked a series of slightly arsey questions. Yeah, Christian Guru Murphy is a Channel 4 News presenter. He's got a history of getting the backs up of his interviewees. He uh, bugged Tarantino um, about violence in movies until Tarantino shut his butt down. Yeah. Um, and he also has had various other awkward interviews, including one with Richard Ayoade, which is quite funny. If you look it up on YouTube. And yeah, his latest one, Robert Downey Jr. came in, he's been promoting Age of Ultron. He just wanted some lighthearted talk about robots and being yeah. a superhero. And yeah, then yeah. Christian Guru Murphy took it upon himself to delve into his troubled history with drugs and prison. Yeah, he was like, uh, what about uh, your relationship with your father? And how do you feel about your dr- drinking problem now or something? And um, <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. did not take too kindly to that. And he just said bye, and he left. Yeah, it's kind of fair enough, really. But it's not, as we say, it's not the first time it's happened. And uh, he actually had quite a notorious interview with Ian McKellen recently, um, which also didn't go quite how he'd planned. Why don't we hear that? If you were asking yourself a question now, what would it be? I would ask me, is there going to be a Hobbit 4? What do you think of the obvious parallels being made between you and Iron Man? My thoughts on Iron Man are well known. No one's asked me about Iron Man since my 64th birthday 29 years ago. Look, you, you were standing there with women cavorting around you with no clothes on. There was a power dynamic going on there, wasn't there? These women are there to please you. How dare you? How dare you, sir? I would never have been seen cavorting with a woman. I'm a well-known homosexual. Um, you'll admit tonight that you've got nuclear weapons, won't you? Have you got nuclear weapons or not? I will not even dignify that question with a response. It's just a yes or a no. Have you got them or not? Wow. Shocking stuff. Shocking stuff. Uh, Christian needs to work um, on his personal skills quite clearly. Very brief, He's got to stop accusing everyone of having nuclear weapons because they don't like it. And now for Danny to review a film he recently saw Was it staggeringly brilliant? Was it oscar-jingly poor? How did Danny form a judgment? We're about to hear his thoughts If he does a rubbish job, then Sam will tell him off So, uh, Force Majeure is a Swedish film And the plot is as follows So Thomas and Edda are this beautiful couple With two beautiful children 
and they go on a holiday to a beautiful ski lodge and do some beautiful skiing. Sounds like a beautiful film. It's a beautiful film. And uh, the first, and Thomas works too much and is sort of attached to his iPhone. And this holiday is a well needed break for the family for them to like bond and reconnect. And the first day is great. They have a lovely time skiing. And on the second day, they're having lunch when some guns go off for like a controlled explosion. I don't know what you call them. Controlled explosion devices are yeah. detonated and there's sort of avalanche that's happening. And uh, they're all looking at it, admiring all this snow coming, cascading down. And uh, then it gets a bit too close and oh, it's, it looks like it's going to hit them. And Eddie's uh, instinct is to grab the children and Thomas just grabs his iPhone and like legs it. <laughs> and it turns out it's not actually going to hit them. It's just the sort of snow kicked up by the avalanche and it clears. But they have to face the fact that in this moment of crisis, the dad just bolted. Yeah. And it becomes a sort of um, almost like chamber piece drama over the weekend of them sort of coming to terms with the fact he's that... He's a coward. He's a bit of a coward. And so like a sort of a very dark sort of comedy. Yeah, because I watched the trailer for this and it looked like it was... I mean, it gave the impression that it was some kind of knockabout ski lodge farce. Yeah. Well, this, what's so good about it is that if you took the sort of comedic moments out of it, it would be... A, quite a sort of solid drama and there's a lot to enjoy about it but as a whole I found the whole thing a bit too as a whole I found the whole thing a bit too <laughs> full of holes awesome. uh, yeah as, taken as a whole I think it's a bit too arch and I couldn't really get totally on board of it I enjoyed it but in the end I was a bit sort of not, left. not you weren't connecting with the characters or? not really um, but it does many things very well like the humour scenes like the out and out like funny scenes are like hilarious and there's a real awkwardness to them there's like an awkward scene and they just sort of like twist the knife as much as possible yeah <laughs> i don't know it's got, it's got this strong vein of black humor and there's like a great um supporting character his friend matt's who's played by christoph hivju who is the uh famous from game of frames the guy with the big ginger beard oh him yeah, yeah a giant a tormund giant's bane yeah and i can't tell if he's like a really good actor or it's just like just some with a huge beard is just fun to watch is he is, is he doing the same kind of thing is he is he does he look like he's about to um skewer three people with one spear thrust or something no well like what's sort of good about his casting is he's thomas's mate who comes to join them with his like um young girlfriend and uh he's kind of trying to defend thomas and like trying to sort of rationalize his response and how it's actually not that bad right and one of the themes of the movie is like the idea of sort of masculinity and it's a bit like the two of them one of them's like sort of urbane wall street broker type man and he's like this sort of wild grizzly bear man and they're sort of like two sides of the same bloke coin right yeah yeah so they're like whenever he turns up I just like the movie gets a bit better because he's just a sort of slightly ridiculous screen presence yeah maybe just because of his huge beard great beard yeah like their scenes together are really good because they're like sort of two losers trying to justify each other's actions what kind of took me out of the movie is about halfway through you realise the the filmmaker is trying to make uh, some kind of points and the movie stops being uh, as organic and you feel like characters are just slight kind of puppets for his point of view. Yeah. There's a dinner party scene, like, when the crazy bearded guy comes around and, like, the wife tells him all what Thomas did. Oh, he's a coward. And it's a bit like you're watching someone explain the movie and getting people's response. Oh, I you know see. I mean? you're sort of like, yeah. you're like, or like sort of vox pops. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you're sort of like, it kind of distances you from the movie slightly. You're like, oh, they're not characters. Like, it kind of removes you slightly and after that it doesn't really recover yeah and there's also a sort of very laborious kind of 
visual metaphor thing going on in the movie like the beginning of the film is like this photographer taking pictures of the family and he's making them like do poses and it's like oh they're like a picture postcard of a family like pretending to be a happy family yeah and it's like yeah it's kind of metaphor writ large and there's this whole skiing thing about uh shots of like the rickety ski um what do you call them to take you up to the top of the mountain? Ski lifts. Ski lifts. Those sort of lift things yeah. that they have for skis. <laughs> and it's like a bit like civilization is just like a sort of facade. And oh, when I the, see. And when the chips are down, it's yeah. like what the Joker thinks in The Dark Knight. Like oh, I see. everything's yeah, just yeah. like, you know, you know, everything could just come tumbling down in a second. Yeah, yeah. And you, you know, so, I don't know. That kind of stuff is kind of fine for an hour, but two hours of short, I get it, I get it, you know. Is it kind of long, two hours? Yeah, it's a kind of outstays his work a little bit. And, I just felt halfway through that it stopped being a movie and started being a slight lecture. And it wasn't necessarily that I like disagreed with what the guy was saying, but it's a bit like, you know, I signed up for this movie and now you're giving me homework halfway through. Right. And yeah. it was also done in this sort of uh, metaphor sense. I was like, I gotta work out what you're trying to say and then decide if I agree on it. Maybe I'm a philosine, I don't know. Yeah. No, I know what you mean. But yeah, I don't know. And also, um, just the general theme of masculinity I find a bit tedious. That's just me though. I kinda wish they just sort of Duke of Burgundy had done it. And you know, take out made it all men or made it all women, just so you wouldn't have to deal with the sort of genderness of it. Yeah, genderness is that word? It is now. Yeah, I like I like the idea of the Duke of Burgundy being a sort of technique now. Yeah, just Duke of Burgundy this film. Yeah, Duke Set of it Burgundy. In some weird fantasy world where there is only a single gender, and that we don't need to think about that issue. This whole, you know, what's a man? What does a man do? What's a man's place in society? Thing? Yeah, yeah. I'm just like, uh, you know, who cares? <laughs> I don't know. I found my place. I found my place. Sort yourselves out, other men. <laughs> exactly. So. I think there's enough in it to enjoy, but there's like a there's a tension between the really good scenes, which are the funniest scenes, which is the sort of awkward sort of dinner party going wrong, sort of nice social situation descending into chaos sort of scenes, which are really relatable and like feel very like ring very true. But around these scenes are sort of just sort of general discussions which feels a bit like the sort of crib notes for the script. Yeah, yeah. Cautious, As, cautious recommendation. Cautious recommendation. Do you yes. think it's better than the Eddie Izzard stand-up uh, film of the same name? I haven't seen that film. Oh, okay, that's a shame. <laughs> I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. Like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash people today. Right. I wish the Duke of Burgundy did it. John Wick, this is Keanu Reeves' return to action. He's back. He's wearing black. Um, he's, um, uh, you know, other act words apply. He has a sack. <laughs> this has uh, been quite well received. It's been out in the US for ages. And uh, it's been a big smash. It seems to be a sort of big mainstream smash and a sort of cult hit at the same time. It's like people are predicting already. It's like a cult classic. Um, it's got all of the makings of a completely standard kind of revenge thriller. But it, people love it. Critics love it. Audiences love it. I, I've, does Sam love it? Does Sam love it? That's the big question. 
Uh, that is the one <laughs> hurdle the film has left across. So the movie is, uh, yes, as I say, it's a revenge thriller. Keanu Reeves is a loving husband whose life is shattered when his wife dies of some unspecified illness. Um, and then he perks up a bit uh, when he receives a kind of P.S. I Love You style posthumous gift and note from her um, in the form of, uh, well, the gift is like a adorable, like ridiculously adorable beagle puppy. Aww. Um so you know seems things seem to be picking up a little bit but unfortunately they immediately go back down the drain when he is assaulted by a group of thugs one of whom is played by Alfie Allen they beat him they kill his dog and they steal his car and unfortunately for the thugs it turns out that he is not just any man he is John Wick a legendary underworld hitman and he promptly goes on an unstoppable rampage to avenge his dog and retrieve his car Brilliant. So I've been looking forward to this movie for a while, mainly because of the premise. <laughs> of all the sort of reasons for a person to go on a crazy, like, re- rampage of revenge, yeah. I think They Killed My Puppy is probably, like, the best one. That's brilliant. You know, it's so much better than, like, Death Wish, you know, They Killed My Family or whatever. It's like... Yeah. And, and I, I, think, I think it's actually a very clever... And on several levels, I think this is a clever idea. First of all, is this humorous. Yeah, you know, and it's immediately like this movie is going to be fun. You know, you cannot have that as the side of the movie, and then have the rest be some kind of grey, miserable, Taken esque like uh, exercise in like seriousness. Secondly, you can identify much more immediately with an adorable puppy than you can with like human characters. Yeah, you know, if everyone you can, likes puppies. Yeah, it's like uh, in the beginning, the very like first scene of um, law-abiding criminal. Oh no, sorry, law-abiding citizen bunch of people come into Jared Butler's house and like you know massacre his family and stuff it's like I don't know who they are I don't give a shit right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it, when he opens this dog and this little beagle comes out it just the cutest thing it's like you know I felt like I owned that puppy myself yeah. you know that's the emotional attachment I felt to it so when it's killed you're like I fuck. get it fuck and kill he, those guys Keanu <laughs> <laughs> what look what they did it's so cute and the other thing is that I think it actually makes a certain amount of sense that what can set people off is tiny things, you know? Yeah, Someone he's on the edge. He's already, you know, he's, a, he's, a, he's already a man who's killed probably hundreds of people in his life. You know, he's this legendary hitman, and, you know, this one thing sets him off, and why not be that, you know? Hmm. Because all we want to see is him go on this crazy rampage anyway, so, you know, like, they snap my pencils. I, I don't care, yeah. you know? Like, <laughs> Just give me the excuse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So what the film basically promises from the posters and trailers is that it will be... Um, an exciting, fun uh, action film where he kills a bunch of people and looks really cool doing it, and it completely delivers on <laughs> on that promise. So on that level, the film is absolutely a success. And I think part of the reason that it's been so well received is that um, a bit like in, in a similar way to um, Fast and Furious Seven, and even some of Christopher Nolan's films, I think the films can go a long way if they are just well crafted and made with a lot of sincerity even if they have, like, cardboard, like, dialogue and shallow characters and, you know, a plot that makes absolutely no sense, you know? Like, if you feel like the filmmakers have a lot of passion and, like, really care about their product and they have a, like, good craft, you know, and the result is impressive, then that gets you a long way. Um, And that's definitely true of this movie. For example, I think we should hear the clip of Keanu Reeves explaining why the dog meant so much to him I mean, it's a good it's a good demonstration of a um, OTT performance but you kind of buy into it because it's all sold to you you know um, so sincerely let's let's hear that when Ellen died I lost everything until that dog arrived on my doorstep a final gift for my wife 
In that moment, I received some semblance of hope. An opportunity to grieve on the law. And your son took that from me. Hakon. Stole that from me. Killed that from me! People keep asking if I'm back, and I haven't really had an answer. But now, yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. Brin, pretty badass. I like the way he says it three times. Killed that from me. I don't even know if that makes grammatical sense. But That feels like a very sort of Taken-esque, like, distill the movie's plot into a speech, but also try and make it kind of iconic. Yeah, do you think? Yeah. Self-consciously, yeah. maybe it is. Maybe people would be doing that. Brilliant. They stole that from me. I Killed like... that from me. I like Keanu. I think is, it's he, like... is he good in it? Uh, yeah, he's good in it. Um, I think it's actually the most I've really bought into Keanu Reeves in a movie. I, I felt like he was kind of a drag on the Matrix movies. What? I don't think Katie agrees. She's pulling an absolutely horrified and appalled face. But he's uh... I, in the Matrix movies, I find him very bland. You know, I, 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 I like him in the cubicle tapping away on his keyboard or hacking but as the sort of ass kicking Christ figure I found him boring to be honest sorry I haven't seen some of his other like you seen Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure uh, I've seen a bit of it Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey yeah I guess it's a kind of different kind of Keanu Reeves performance Speed I haven't seen Speed I haven't seen Point Break I haven't seen some of the classic Keanu Reeves movies I think he gets a little occasionally hostile reception from the critics but I think he's he's sort of good at doing his thing He's like yeah. a sort of movie star. I think maybe it's just a sort of leftover from his surfer dude persona. But he seems like a sort of regular cool dude. Well, I, I kind of like, yeah. like him. You know? I, I felt like in this movie, I, I you know, it was, it was the first time when I've been watching Keanu and like, he's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And he has a real presence. And uh, his character is being talked about in these reverential tones, like constantly. It's one of the things that's quite funny about the movie, actually, is like whenever he's off screen, other characters talking about him, or it's like, oh my God, it's John Wick. Um, and uh, for that to make any sense whatsoever, he really has to sell himself as, you know, the super badass, and uh, he does. Hey? Convincing. Yeah, it's very good. He's a bit of a super ace, Keanu Reeves. He's like a quarter Japanese, a quarter German, a bit Hawaiian. Yeah. I think he might be like... the. Ma- he, do you think he's the master race? Yeah, I think he might be the master race. <laughs> <laughs> That's got... what, well, he's, he's like 51, you know. Yeah, no, he, he... He looks incredible. He looks fantastic. I think it's his mixed lineage. He's got some good genes. Yeah, I mean, he does look wonderful for 51. I, yeah. I'm very impressed. Um, it's got quite a cool supporting cast of character actors who are all... They're all people who can do these kind of not comic films but do these straight films with a kind of wry sense to them sure um which suits the film sensibility and uh, the highlight is michael nykvist as a uh, baddie it's like this russian gang lord um man he, he he used to employ john wick you know before he retired john wick found love you know he left the life sure, sure. and uh he is the father of the guy who um kills john wick's dog so he's really angry with his son when he finds out what has happened because it's like, you don't mess with John Wick. Yeah. You know? And yeah, Michael Nykvist is best known for playing Blomkvist in the Swedish Girl with the Dragon Tattoo movies. And here, I don't think I've seen him do an English language movie before, but... He's in Ghost Protocol. Oh, is he? Yeah, he's the bad guy. Oh, he's the bad guy in that. Oh, yeah, I watched that recently. All right, I've seen him do that. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, it's a good point. But yeah, he's, uh, he's just like really a lot of fun. He's really funny and very entertaining and there's uh, people like Ian McShane and Willem Dafoe um, who are just Willem fun they're just fun to watch you know especially when they're all being like dressed up in these cool suits and set loose in this comic book-esque 
like hitman underworld where every you know everything is dark and sleek and awesome the action scenes the action, they, yeah the action good? the action's really good it's really like well choreographed the director um there's two directors um a guy called chad stahelski and someone called david leach they are both stuntmen um who've worked with keanu before chad stahelski was um keanu's stunt double in the matrix and so they're obviously real action sequence nerds and it's all done in like in this very like loving like um super well-crafted way and it has that quality of um you know good action sequences can be like dance sequences you know yeah they're similarly sort of like cool movement and uh, satisfying to watch and there's a good pace to them but are the, the first two major set pieces are really great um and then after that you kind of feel like you've seen him do his thing and he sure. kind of does that thing you know again the rest of the film it doesn't feel quite as fresh and as interesting but as far as it goes it was good I mean, I'm not, like, some people are really, like, evangelizing this movie as, you know, like, an instant classic. And for me, it was just, like, good fun. You know, it's the sort of movie that I would want to find if I if it was late night and I was channel hopping, you know. That's that's the kind of movie I would want to settle on. But if you don't go to see it, I don't think anything terrible is going to happen. Sounds good. I'm going to go watch it. Yesterday I bumped into Imelda Staunton She was up with her dog and we got talking I asked her what she does when she isn't acting She said she likes podcasts for relaxing Imelda, when you're in the mood What do you listen to? She said I listen to one podcast I listen to one podcast Will you the ones can kiss my ass Because I listen to one podcast Film chat, film chat, film chat, film chat, film chat and finally, Sam, tell me something. So I was in the cinema recently and I watched a, um, an ad. It was like a Volvo ad or something. And uh, it included the classic Pearl and Dean music that all cinema goers are very familiar with. Let's recap it. Iconic. You've all heard it before. But it sounded weird hearing it in a context that wasn't, you know, the normal Pearl and Dean advert. Sure. And then uh, I started to wonder what actually is Pearl and Dean. Have you? Do you know what they I, do? I don't know what Pearl and Dean do. They're just sort of like names that just come up, and then you hear that cool, and then you just like, okay, yeah. now the movie's going to start soon. Um, so I looked them up. They um, were founded in like 1953, and what they do is uh, they're an advertising agency that sells adverts to cinemas. Um, so I guess there's some kind of middleman that arranges the adverts that are, that are shown sure. in the cinemas. So that was kind of interesting. But um, what's even more interesting is their original um, history before they were doing that, when they were, um, what they were advertising in cinemas was their own products, which was Pearls and James Dean memorabilia. Makes sense. And that music, which you hear, was originally a longer song um, with a bit of advertising spiel in it. It was quite long, actually. It was about seven minutes long and they would play that before every film and it would uh, it was advertising the quality of their pearls and the um, exciting nature of their James Dean memorabilia sure and I've managed to find an archive oh you have yeah yeah I've uh, dug up the uh, archive Brilliant. version of this advert I've had it converted to a high quality dot um, .og file and, <laughs> and so we get to hear it let's hear it Really nice pearls, gleaming white pearls. We sell outstanding pearls of high quality, shining good value pearls for sale. 
But that's not all. You'll go wild for interesting items owned by a movie star, king of the silver screen, James Dean. Women want to wear them, men want to be him. Come on down. Perfect pearls to adore. Right here in our stores, with the pants James Dean wore. In Rebel Without a Cause, flowing orbs mixed among leather jackets and shoes. James would have loved it, so would you. It's Pearl and James Dean, Pearl and Dean. The only ornament a lady needs. Decking the reading glasses, bed linen, and shopping lists of Hollywood's most enduring icon. His life tragically cut short before he could purchase a rare and exquisite emperor pearl, retrieved from the darkest corners of the Nile Delta. Trade the one in your left hand. So it goes on in that vein um, for yeah, so very about, very informative. About six more minutes. Yeah, um, and I I I, uh, I think they should take that business back up because personally I, w- I need some pearls, <laughs> I need some pearls quite desperately, and uh, I want to see some James Dean shit. So. Marvelous, marvelous. Well, well, it's how, been. How have you uh, found this, Danny? We had a week off. Um, have you? Do you, you excited to be back? Excited. Did you enjoy it? Did you have a good time? Yeah, I tried to do the show without you. I auditioned over forty different candidates. All these pilots are, are rubbish, unlistenable. Uh, got commode in awful he just looks like the sort of reanimated corpse of Michael Portillo these days <laughs> disgusting to look at <laughs> he's not dead Michael Portillo don't worry I said reanimated corpse of and I got a Eber in Ebert he is actually dead he is actually so dead you had to actually reanimate his corpse reanimate his corpse I got Bazan in <laughs> reanimate his corpse <laughs> of course I'm getting Pauline dead Pauline Kale got her in reanimated her corpse no it was it's good to have you back, man. Thanks. I'm alive and well, which yeah. is one of my uh, you know, better tributes. So, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening, and maybe see you guys on Sunday for um, Avengers Age of Ultron. Or see you the day before my birthday for some sweet-ass bowling. See you then, guys. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Bye. Bye.